This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Welcome back to the show. We're still in the second hour of the Power Zone right here on Power 98.7. A big thank you to the Tlaonolo Tlohimusuwe and to everybody that rallied behind our news rep and those that also opened the show with us in our open line. I want us to move a bit and go to developments coming out of the policing sector. So this morning we celebrate the men and women in blue, right? We're celebrating them because we see them waking up every day in the line of fire, really being our line of defense, some of them also helping us to really feel safe in our spaces, in our homes, in the streets that we walk in. Uh, and, and really, this weekend we saw them being celebrated as well, where the National Police Day is concerned. And we have uh, the national spokesperson of SAPU, the South African Policing Union here, Lesiba Tubakhali, who's going to be giving us a sense of how the day was marked, how the weekend had gone by. I told you that we marking the significance of this particular day, the strides that have been taken thus far in crime fighting here at home. So we also uh, here uh, will talk about the efforts that are underway by the police to ensure that the children of those that died in the line of duty are not really in any way abandoned here. Uh, this is what we saw significantly come out of the weekend uh, that was. We hear uh, that there are about 140 police officials that died in the line of duty over the past four years. And this morning, we'll look at this and more uh, with Lesiba Tubakhali. We are on 0861-987-000. Also there by X, we go by at PowerFM987 at Katlerorodi underscore. We're railing behind uh, the hashtag PowerZone uh, this morning. Lesiba, good morning. Welcome to the show. Hey, good morning, uh, Katlerorodi. Also to your listeners. You know, thank you very much, man, for uh, joining us on the show this morning and giving us your time. I mean, really, when you look at it uh, over time and off late, uh, we would often hear the police saying they're under siege, they're under fire. Uh, When you look at how then uh, we've seen a lot of unprecedented uh, lives lost uh, in the line of duty from the men and women in blue, we're hearing that about 140 police officials died in the line of duty over the past uh, four years, and those were remembered over the weekend. Welcome to the show. Where are we? Yeah, looking back into the numbers, counting 140 over the period of four years, that is quite a whole lot of uh, members that the South African Police Services have lost. Looking into the nature of the job, looking into how important the job is because police officers are there to make sure that the inhabitants inclusive of their property are safe at all times. And having them, you know, losing their lives in that manner, uh, for us as Sabu, it is clear that it is really concerning to us because it means that a whole lot of members of our society are lacking police officers to protect them. Because uh, one life of a police officer that is lost to us as a South African Policing Union, it is one too many. And when we look at the number 
the numbers of police killings, they remain to be skyrocketing clearly, uh, suggesting to us that the police officers' lives are under siege. Criminals don't fear police officers. And remember those numbers that we are referring to, that 140, it is only those who died on the line of duty. There's others as well who mm. get killed when they are off duty as well. So which clearly is telling us that the situation is quite bad. But reflecting on uh, the National Police Day, it is it is indeed a day that really brings uh, our police officers, you know, to be celebrated. Which to us as a union, it is quite important because they are exercising a very important role in our society. Imagine how would South Africa be without police officers. We just came out of December, where there were festive season operations that were launched by uh, the minister and also the national commissioner, so that uh, we could have more boots on the ground uh, where police officers were performing festive season duties. So that on its own is really telling you that uh, the police were out there in full force when everyone was enjoying the beetroots and the butternuts and nice meals uh, that we eat around festive season. But majority of our members were out there to make sure that whatever that we do in our homes or all the festivities that get held everywhere, that uh, we are safe. And it is indeed a platform where our police officers should be celebrated to say for the sacrifice that you gave uh, during uh, being at festive, being during the festive season or throughout the year, because it happens once a year in, in around January, that for those sacrifices, let them be celebrated. So we are seeing it as a step in the right direction that it is important to celebrate our men and women in blue uh, because they are there to ensure that we remain to be protected. And also, as much as it is not, you know, or it, 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 it is just specifically for the South African Police Services members, we also are, are taking it further to say we are celebrating all the law enforcement officers as well, because it is not only the South African Police Services that is responsible to make sure that we are safe. There are metro police, there's also the road traffic uh, police as well. We also have those who are in the security companies. It, it, we've got our members who are working under the border management agency and so on. Everyone who falls under the law enforcement uh, in the environment, this is an opportunity that also we are also taking to say to them that thank you for the ultimate sacrifice that you are giving yourselves, making sure that you give support to the South African police service members yeah. who Jointly, everyone is working together to make sure that uh, we are safe throughout the course of the year. And unfortunately, like you started with that question, I mean, uh, actually with those comments, Gatleho, uh, to say where are we, even they themselves, they are also not immune to the police killings that we remain to see. Because you could remember the latest one that we had now in December, there was a road traffic uh, there was a traffic police uh, officer who was then knocked down by a vehicle on the N1 just before Mokopani uh, when they were trying to stop a vehicle uh, who also uh, 
lost her life uh, on the line of duty. So we are just trying to reflect and also to show that it also extends further to uh, the whole law enforcement family as we are looking at uh, the role that they are playing in making sure that everyone within the Republic uh, borders that they remain to be safe at all times. Yeah, no, you know, it's really important, the job that uh, the men and women do every day and uh, importance because, uh, important because of the fact that these are our mothers, our fathers, our brothers uh, that are out there and most of them breadwinners that would really want to ensure that they provide for their families without having to feel uh, under siege or even uh, more or less compromised where security is concerned. Uh, when you look at uh, these gaps and uh, these police rampant police killings would you say that uh, they have gotten brazen over time or this is just a picture that we've seen in terms of how then our lives will be lost do you think that where we are right now we need or we are in unprecedented times where the, there would really be a need for unprecedented interventions to protect uh, the police right now it looks like these uh, criminals are really brazen uh, in terms of making sure that they also carry out their criminal activities the issue of police killings on our side on our side is uh, i think you would clearly remember our position that uh, we remain steadfast to say mm. we want to see a zero percent every year of any law enforcement officer being killed in most cases we see our law enforcement uh, officers being targeted whether they are on duty or off duty. We'll take an example that we've seen uh, around November, just to reflect a few, uh, around November that we've seen uh, incidents that occurred uh, mostly that happened in uh, KwaZulu-Natal when we looked at there was an incident, a robbery incident that occurred in the Pavilion Shopping Mall where a robbery, uh, a jewelry store was robbed and a police officer who attended the incident was murdered on the spot right there by those brazen criminals. And further to that, there was also an off-duty police officer now entering into December, also in Zuelubomvu, in KwaZulu-Natal, that side of Gwandengese, just before Gwandengese, who was off-duty after he just dropped his girlfriend in at her homestead, he was shot multiple times with rifles by the very same prison. I mean, brazen criminals who went there and murdered him. Who could remember the one that also occurred now in, in, in the mid of December uh, that happened in Pretoria around uh, Soshanguve where a police officer as well on the, I think it was an incident that happened on the 31st, mm. actually on the 1st in the morning, yeah, where Chipotle. a police officer mm. was also murdered in that incident where also his, his niece there was also a victim and other people. We are just mm. mentioning a few. If we could just also reflect a little bit back, there was an incident of a robbery of a shopping mall in the Northern Cape where two flying squad police officers were also murdered on duty. These are just the exam- some of the examples uh, amongst others that are there that we are just reflecting on. And when we look at you know, how, how brutal 
these criminals are when they when they they, they killed police officers. Mm-hmm. It is clearly telling you that uh, they really are at war with the law enforcement officers. And that on its own, uh, our position to say that uh, police killings has to be declared treason. It remains, it, it, it always remains the same because we want to see a zero percent. If police officers who happen to be mothers, I think you reflected earlier, Katlero, they are mothers, they are brothers, they are fathers, and they've got people that they go back home to after they've completed their duties. If they can be murdered like this, uh, by criminals who really do not care. They are representing the state at all times. The state has to make sure that it protects uh, the police officers because without them, uh, the citizens will be vulnerable. The state has to take measures to make sure that uh, they are protected. That is why we have a campaign that we call protect the protectors. It is a sub campaign that was launched many years ago when we realized that uh, the killings of our law enforcement uh, officers, it continues to skyrocket. They need to be something that is done. That is why even in the very same, we then uh, made sure that we also attached to the issue to say that we are calling for police killings to be declared treason because it is a crime against the state and law enforcement officers are representing the state. They are not representing themselves and the state has a responsibility to make sure that they are then protected because through that it is our belief that uh, it will then deter those who are responsible to make it to kill police officers for them to think twice if they have to attack or to kill a police officer because then they would be facing harsher sentences because if it is declared treason then it is a crime against the state then the state really has to make sure that harsher sentences are then imposed on those who are found guilty of such so there is still a whole lot of of work that needs to be done that comes from the lawmakers and it starts from the issue of the president making sure that there's that declaration that is made because it doesn't only assist if we on on, on police day we we reflect on subset to say uh, this is how much we have raised to take care of the offense of police officers who were murdered on duty. This is how much money we have made and so on. It is a good thing. We are not discouraging it. It is a good thing that they are getting to be taken off. But the question comes first, was it really necessary for those police officers to be killed? even in the first place, because if they were not murdered, uh, then it means that uh, they would be around to make sure that they are keeping us safe, to make sure that they go back to their homes, to their loved ones, they go back home to their kids, so that uh, that their kids do not become orphaned. So those those are some of the the painful things that we we, 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 we we encounter such emotions time and again when we hear as an organization that there is a police officer who's, who was killed, whether on the line of duty or, or, or whether they were off duty.
Yeah, and also maybe if I can come in there while we still have you here, Lesiba. We had a caller in the first hour of the show, George, who is from Jukulain. You mentioned one of the uh, incidents that happened in December. It was from there in Jukulain. As he was speaking to us, he was like, Katleo, as I'm speaking to you right now, there are gunshots uh, that are playing out outside my house. So it looks like uh, that area is one area that is under siege. Are there no-go zones? Uh, for for the police, Lisiba, uh, uh, as we see and hear the police saying that they are under siege. We have 140 that we lost in the past four years. Are there areas that you deem as very dangerous even for you as the men and women in blue? I mean, you're also human. Uh, that you would say that here, uh, really, we've tried a bit. Uh, we need extra enforcement. We need uh, an extraordinary kind of intervention, a strategy that would help uh, where this is concerned in a way that you won't look like you're not doing anything as the police when there's a community that is crying and saying that they feel like they are terrorized by some of these criminals. So how how do we actually tackle such incidents? Are there no go zones? Yeah, we do not have any any no go no go zones in South Africa where they say that the police cannot come in and be able to exercise their duties. We need to deal with a whole lot of issues mm. that relates to dangerous areas. I mean, Duke Lane, as you just, you just mentioned it, it is one of those areas mm. where we see uh, violent, violent criminal activities occurring time and again. We would take to, to, to places like you could take around uh, your Michelle's planes and so on in mm. the Western Cape. You would look at Bo Guamashu, you look at Bo uh, Mlazi. Uh, those are some of the places that you know you know that uh, hardened criminals they are really are quite prevalent and we've got police officers that are working in the same areas and their duties is to ensure that everyone is safe within those even to a point where even their lives are are even sacrificed we need to ensure that uh, the issue of capacity of the police or especially starting from the human capital we appreciate the 10,000 that keeps on being added as we have seen it started uh, that that keeps being added within the South African police services but there's more that needs to be done if we address the issue of uh, the the human capital within the South African police services, it will also ensure that then we have more boots on the ground, meaning that when we look at those areas that are dangerous, so like the ones that we just highlighted on amongst others, that if we have more human resources to make sure that policing can be conducted appropriately there, then it would be uh, feasible for the police to execute their duties even in a better manner because the more criminals are running a record, you need to ensure that you also have the necessary human capital to make sure that they bring, uh, they enforce the law within those type of areas. Also coming to the physical resources that the police may need and also having intelligence-driven type of operations. That is also important because uh, it, it, the, the issue of intelligence, uh, level, it plays mm-hmm. a critical role. When you do policing, you can't do policing blind, being blindfolded, where you become reactive, you wait for 
for, for, for incidents to occur and then you become reactive. When we look at some of the pillars of policing, what comes first? It is crime prevention and mm. then crime detection comes thereafter if you were not able to prevent crime. So the first the first pillar of policing is crime prevention. So that is also something that needs to be reiterated and to be looked into to say if we have and we ensure that we strengthen our crime intelligence, then crime prevention will become easier because then one would know that on such and such a day, at such and such a spot, so and so or this gang or this group of criminals, they are planning to conduct this and that. They are planning a murder of so many people, as you have seen, like the murders that were occurring within Tavens. Now Eastern Cape was also, you know, we've seen the very same incidents occurring in the Eastern Cape as well, where it, it, it will be, you know, it will be one would know in advance that there's going to be a tavern attack, there's going to be a cash heist somewhere, there's going to be this and such and such crime that will occur. Through being intelligence-driven, then crime prevention will be able to be conducted because then there will be operations that would go and stop such before it occurs. And the perpetrators will then be uh, apprehended even prior they conducted that. So, but the challenge that we are seeing because of lack of capacity, human capacity, and also physical resources, and not uh, having enough crime intelligence, having enough intelligence to make sure that we can do crime prevention, leads now to be being reactive when it comes to, 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 to such criminal activities. At the end of the day, we end up, because after a crime is occurred, it means that now you open a docket now, you go, you, 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 you detect, you go and investigate to check what has happened, who has conducted this, and this and this and that, which now it is taking more resources and even more time where criminals who are not yet arrested, they are still out there even going to other places to conduct even more uh, heinous crimes that one could think of. So as we, 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 from our perspective as well, it is important that we need to strengthen crime prevention. We need to deal with the issue of the human capital, fiscal resources, strengthen our crime intelligence to clearly make sure that uh, crime prevention it is the one that becomes a prevalent so that crime is not allowed to occur. But if you still have a uh, police stations where really you see that there is not enough police officers, where you see that there is not enough, even any physical resources, being it uh, the, 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 the patrol vans, uh, anything that is needed for the police officers to conduct their duty. If still the issue of uh, uh, being, uh, you know, having uh, quite an intelligence that will tell you what is going to come and you plan an operation uh, to make sure that it does not happen, then it becomes problematic because all the yeah. time, crime, when it comes to crime, you will become reactive. Yeah, no, we need uh, that crime prevention because that is what people want. They want to feel safe and uh, they want to not, uh, you know, see the police coming when someone has died. But we want the police to be upbeat and proactive in a way that, you know, people would still, you know, more or less believe in the men and women in blue as the line of defense where these criminals are concerned. 
but I'm encouraged here to see that there's that six million rand that has been set aside. There's this, uh, you know, fund, this trust fund that would help the children in this particular regard. So we're hoping that, you know, they too don't feel alone as we go about it. I'm going to wrap it up here with you, Lesiba. But before I let you go, the elections are here. Do we need a new minister post these elections? Uh, please rephrase the question. I was saying the elections are here, the general elections 2024. Do we need a new minister of police opposed to these elections that would then champion some of these things that you mentioned? From our, uh, from our side, I think uh, on the issue of the police minister, our position as has been clear that, and it is not even personal when it comes to the issue of the current minister, we, we, we were clear for some time now that uh, we, we we really need to have a new police minister, someone who clearly makes sure that they champion uh, and drive the police in the right direction for it to go to new heights. Not that we are personal with the current mm-hmm. minister, but uh, for different reasons, it has been our clear position that we need to have a new police minister and going to the elections that you are mentioning, Katlao, it is our police officers or all our law enforcement mm-hmm. officers who will be championing them to make sure that uh, the elections are going to be conducted without any form of disturbances and so on. So we also are relying on our police officers and also we are saying to them, I think it is important that we appreciate the work that they have done even throughout the year, throughout last year and throughout the festive season and, uh, and also appreciate that they will be the ones that are going to be uh, policing the upcoming elections and we need to appreciate the good work that our police officers are doing that despite them being on the line of fire, despite them losing their lives, despite them, some of them seeing their colleagues losing their lives on or off duty, but they make they continue to make sure that the show goes on. So we, we clearly need to appreciate that. But our position with the police minister still remains to be the same, that uh, we are hoping to get another new police minister who will drive the South African police services in mm-hmm. the right direction. Yeah, no, Lisiba, it's going to be a very interesting year, but I'm glad that we're starting it in this uh, fashion where we're celebrating and commemorating uh, those that are men and women in blue. You're right to say the elections are going to be uh, one of those uh, busy moments for you guys where you'd need to play your part in safeguarding the integrity of this particular process. And as I was saying, I'm encouraged that we're hearing that at least the children of those that had lost their lives in the past uh, four years would uh, be accommodated here through uh, the police uh, fund, trust fund here uh, for uh, the young ones, South African Police Service Education uh, Trust Fund. So that is something that is encouraging. And I'm hoping and believing that as we go into the new year, we'd see, uh, you know, lives safeguarded here and police also just safeguarded as they go about their duty. Uh, But we really appreciate you giving us a sense of where we are and starting the day with us in this particular fashion, Lesiba. Thank you, Katla. No, enjoy the rest of your day, man. I will talk.
Thank you. Coming through there as the national spokesperson of SAPU. They are the South African Policing Union. And uh, you can hear that uh, really it's not yet Uhuru. Uh, things are not going the way that they should within the policing sector. But uh, this weekend uh, we commemorated, celebrated uh, those that wake up every day to ensure uh, that really they bring about a sense of integrity uh, to this particular uh, career. And uh, they still go out there to risk their lives so that me and you are safeguarded. So let's be kind uh, to uh, to police and let's help them as well in blowing the whistle where these perpetrators of violence are concerned. Uh, some of them, we live with them in our community. So we need to ensure uh, that we let the police in so they can uh, come in and ensure that crime prevention uh, before we even move to crime uh, detection. I want us to break a bit. Uh, when we come back, we look at uh, a reaction uh, just uh, from that ICG ruling on Friday. You saw a lot of movement uh, playing out within that particular space. We have uh, uh, our guest here, Tapelo Maleke, who's the president of the South African Youth Chamber of Commerce. When we come back, uh, we'll just reflect uh, with him uh, looking at that International uh, Court of Justice ruling on Friday, South Africa versus Israel. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.